Welcome to The Sensuous, a radical celebration of your inner sensuous creature, your feeling, humming, dancing essence that's throbbing with creative impulse, orgasmic sensitivity, intuitive wisdom, and primal wildness. The part of you that perceives with the whole of your body and is interconnected with all that is. The one who's here to not only live, but be alive. This podcast invites you to re-experience yourself as a vital organ of the greater animate world relating to your eroticism, pleasure, emotions, and full spectrum humanness as gateways to your own divinity. I'm your guide, Nadine Hamilton, seasoned sexuality coach, somatic practitioner, intimacy educator, and lifelong student. Join me and my guests as we explore the sacred and the profane through a somatic lens, unraveling all things sex, power, mysticism, healing, and conscious relating. This is the call of the sensuous. Do you feel it? Hello, sweet souls. Welcome to the sensuous. I'm so honored and so excited to have you here. Thank you for choosing this episode out of the million gazillion different things that you could be tuning into right now. It is truly an honor. And I hope that it's finding you in a place in your life of feeling held and supported and connected to your heart and your truth. And if you don't feel that right now, then I hope you're able to feel some some flavor of acceptance or presence or beingness with whatever it is that you're currently navigating and trusting where you are and trusting where it's taking you and what it's inviting you to become. Me personally, I am re-recording this intro because I just recorded the whole thing and it was so good and perfect and just channeling through me and then I realized afterwards that I had the wrong microphone setting on so here we are again redoing it (laughs) but before we get into the content of today's episode I want to let you know that the next in-person intensive is officially happening it's scheduled it's booked It's on the calendar, and the only thing that's missing is you. So it's happening on March 10th on the Pisces Super New Moons. We're going to be working with lots of strong, juicy spiritual energies, and it's going to be in New York City. So if you'll be in the area or if you want to come to the area, it will definitely be worth it. And it's called Foundations of Full Body Pleasure, Awakening the Sensuous Self. This is for you if you want to experience the pleasure, aliveness, arousal, connection, intimacy, sensuality that you know is your fucking birthright. You want to ignite your sensuality, expand pleasure, sensation, and orgasm, and deepen your connection to self-love by creating a felt somatic sense of safety, connection, openness, fluidity, and trust in your body. Something I really love to teach is that pleasure is a learned skill and it's also your responsibility. No one else's. It is our unique responsibility to cultivate this pleasure within ourselves instead of always thinking that it's someone else's job or duty or responsibility to give us pleasure or give us an orgasm. When you 
really cultivate a deep sense of self-intimacy and self-connection and you know how to expand pleasure in your own body, then you're able to show up to sex and intimacy and your entire life from this place of power and security and connection to yourself. So in this intensive, you will learn how to expand your pleasure from being just a localized experience in the genitals to one that is more full-bodied and also explore the merging of sensuality and eroticism with your spiritual connection and expansion of consciousness. You'll understand how trauma, tension, dysregulation, and emotional suppression may affect our ability to feel pleasure and practical, tangible, actionable tools for unwinding and unraveling that tension or dysregulation in the body so we can open up to a free flow of energy, arousal, and sensation in the body and have the sex lives that we deserve. You'll identify your needs, desires, boundaries, and learn to communicate them. Understand the roots of numbness, pain, tension, and dissociation. Gain practical tools for resensitizing yourself to subtle energy, arousal, and sensations. Feel worthy and capable of receiving love and support and taking up space. And some of the practices that we'll dive into are sensual breathwork and pussy breathing, sensual embodiment practices, and five senses awakening rituals heart opening, body worship, authentic relating exercises, and so many more juicy practices up my sleeve. So whether you are an advanced sacred sexuality practitioner or if this is brand new to you and maybe you even feel a little intimidated or hesitant or you're like, I don't know, this feels a little scary, I want to tell you that you are so welcome here and you will get so much out of this. I say this a lot, but no matter what container of mind you choose to step into, I always invite all of my students and all of my clients to listen to their bodies and their inner truth above all. And I'm going to teach you exactly how to do that. So if you want to join us in March on the Pisces Super New Moon inside of Foundations of Full Body Pleasure, I would absolutely love to have you. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes for you to check out all the details and claim your spot, or you can head directly to bloomwithnadine.com and you'll see at the very top of the page a link to find all the details. And super early bird pricing is currently available until January 31st, so definitely hop on that. So now that I let you know about the in-person intensive, this episode that you're tuning into is a recording of a live stream that I did semi-recently. I think it was about a month ago. And I went really deep into what it means and what it looks and feels like to unconditionally belong to yourself and to life and how your mere existence in this universe, to me, means that you belong no matter what, unconditionally. I also go into what it means to be in devotion to truth above all and what it means to choose a relationship or a partnership rather than forcing it to work out of fear or self-abandonment. And I discuss why relationships bring out different sides of ourselves, including sides that can be triggering, confronting, painful, confusing, embarrassing, all of that good stuff. 
And by doing the work on our own, usually doesn't confront the deeper aspects of ourselves and our relational body. I spoke about choosing yourself and why so many of us fear our own power, desire, inner fire, and bigness. And also we fear giving and receiving love and intimacy. I spoke on the core of our fears, wants, and needs, and how to tap into any frequency at any time. I think you're going to get so much out of this episode. Definitely let me know how it lands for you. It makes my day when you guys reach out and tell me what's resonating with you. And finally, I want to remind you that if you've been getting anything out of The Sensuous, if you've been enjoying this content and these conversations, I'm sure you know that One of the best, 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 best ways that you can support a podcast is by taking a minute to leave a review and a written rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. It really makes a huge difference and it helps other people to find the show. So if you just take one little baby minute out of your day to do that, it would be so appreciated and it's a really beautiful and easy way for you to give back to the show. So without further ado, here is today's episode of The Sensuous. Enjoy. I'm just going to preface with this. Everything that I'm saying are just explorations that I've been sitting with and things that have been coming up for me. It doesn't necessarily mean like this is universal truth. It's literally just things that I'm playing with and I feel like sharing with you. So something I've sat with a lot is that First of all, if you're watching this, hopefully we can all agree that that means that you exist in this universe. You, in some shape and form and way, are taking up some space in this universe. To me, that inherently means that the force of creation and existence, the universal intelligence that orchestrates things and creates things, whether you call that God, the divine spirit or something else, goddess, wants you here and chose you to be here. It means you have a place here. You, no matter what you do, no matter what you achieve or what success or identity or label you have, you just merely existing, your beingness in this universe means that a place was made for you here. You belong here inherently. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Sorry, it's too late. You belong, whether you like it or not. You belong. So then I sat with that some more and I'm like, okay, if we just by our existence belong here, everything that we experience, everything that we feel, all of these different parts of ourselves in our own inner world also have a place here, also inherently belong like this universal intelligence, this force of creation. I, I do like the word God for a long time. I did not at all resonate with that word, um, but I've actually reclaimed it. So God felt that this universe, this ecosystem was incomplete without you here. So you're here. So all of these parts of yourself that maybe um, you don't like, or you're embarrassed or ashamed of, they also have a place here. Your inner darkness, 
your rage, your frustration, your grief, your jealousy, your scarcity, like all of these different shadowy aspects of who we are that are usually socially unacceptable and that we've been taught to fix and change and run away from, it all has a place here. And if it exists within you, in my experience, it means it exists externally as well. It exists in the collective, it exists in the universe. Everything that we could ever experience is a fractal of a greater pattern of consciousness in the universe. And we tend to like imprison ourselves in this false sense of isolation and hyper individualization and think that, oh, there's something uniquely wrong with me as an individual. I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm broken, I'm unforgivable, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, whatever the story is. And it's simply not true. And for me, what has really, one of the things that's really helped me to feel this like deep, grounded, embodied connection to myself and this like true inner security, not all the time, it definitely wavers. I'm not by any means perfect, but the vast majority of, t- of the time, this deep sense of inner security is belonging to myself. That's been incre- incredibly powerful for me. So my question to you is, what would it look and feel like for you to truly unconditionally belong to yourself? to dignify yourself and your feelings and your experience and your existence in this universe. I think even just like that sentence, I don't know, it feels so poetic and beautiful and like warm and cozy. I belong to myself. I belong to myself. When I hear those words, like I feel my whole body and my nervous system just relax. And I feel myself like sinking into my seat. I belong to myself. And when we feel that deep sense of inner belonging, belonging to ourselves, in my experience, it then becomes a lot easier to feel this embodied somatic sense of belonging to the greater universe and reality and life, belonging to life. And this is a topic that I've sat with a lot because belonging has been one of my core wounds for most of my life. I've really struggled with that and feeling for a long time in lots of different dynamics and situations and relationships, I do not belong. And it was this story and this identity that I was clutching onto to the point where unconsciously it became my comfort zone and my sense of safety and familiarity. So I would unconsciously create all of these different situations and dynamics and relationships that were proving that false sense of identity right. Like, see, I don't belong. I don't belong. I don't belong. So again, sit with that question of what does it feel like to me to A, belong to myself and B, trust and feel and know that my existence in this universe inherently means that I belong in this reality. There's nothing wrong with me. There is a rightness to the existence and the presence of everything that I could ever think or feel or navigate or experience or go through. 
It has a place here. Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, self-abandonment. And um, I've found that when we have this deep-rooted feeling of not belonging or being unlovable or not having this inner sense of safety, it's a lot more common for us to self-abandon in a lot of different situations, but especially relationships, because we are projecting outside of ourselves our sense of safety, love, and belonging. We think in order to access love, safety, and belonging, I need to make sure that I am in this relationship, or I need to make sure that I have this many dollars in my bank account, or I have this job and this title or this house or this Lamborghini. Like we are projecting outside of ourselves our whole sense of identity and safety and our place in the world and our access to love ultimately. So specifically, I I was in this relationship where one of the reasons why I ended up ending the relationship was because there's a lot of different reasons and it's a whole big story, but my ex-partner, I just felt from him that he, he didn't yet have the ability to fully stand grounded and secure and firm in his truth. And he was abandoning himself over and over and over and not again, standing firm in his truth and who he was. And of course, I don't believe any relationship or breakup is one-sided. There were a lot of things that I was doing too on my end. But to me, to be honest, like it just, it got to a point where it was so unattractive to me because the relationship and the partner that I desire is being with someone who above all, including the relationship, they are in devotion to truth above all. And they are in devotion to actualizing their most desired reality and the greatest, most empowered version of themselves, even if that means needing to end the relationship. That to me is so, so much more attractive than feeling the need to make a relationship work at all costs. And there's a lot of nuance here and layers. This isn't a simple conversation because there's, there can be a subtle difference between like, yes, being in devotion to partnership and a a relationship and making commitments and sacrifices to make it work. I think, you know, it's beautiful to put a lot of effort into a relationship and to go through hardship together. But there's a difference between that and fully abandoning your truth. I would not want to be with a partner who is trying to force a relationship with me to work because they're so fearful of what would happen if we broke up. Or they're so fearful of, oh, if this relationship doesn't work out, then my whole world is over and I'm nothing and I'll never feel love and safety and belonging again. To me, it's incredibly sexy and attractive when a person like knows inside of themselves that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And I got me because I belong to myself and I trust myself. I feel grounded and secure in myself. And yes, 
I love you and I love this relationship and I want to make it work, but not at the cost of sacrificing my truth. And most of us were not shown models of what this looks like growing up. I mean, even still to this day, it's pretty rare to see a model of this where people are in devotion to truth above all, whether that looks like staying in the relationship or not. And sometimes a relationship can still be true and like it can be true and that can be your path. And it can also look like going through really hard times together. I'm not saying that like, a relationship is only true if it's like rainbows and butterflies and feels really easy because that's not realistic. Relationships are inherently like challenging and confronting and they are very direct mirrors and reflections into what still lives within you, which can be incredibly triggering and confronting and sometimes painful and shocking and we don't want to admit it. We don't want to accept that this thing still lives within us because it can be so much easier to just keep doing the work and keep healing and meditating on our own and think that, oh, I'm perfectly healed. I'm whole and integrated and took care of all my shit. Check. But then when another person is in the picture, just by them being present, just their existence in our lives is completely changing like or i'll say it this way someone just standing in front of you is inherently like awakening different aspects relational aspects of who you are that are otherwise dormant when we're just on our own or we're with different people because according to our environments and the ecosystem that we're in according to the relationships like it activates previously dormant parts of ourselves and it activates what you could call different bodies that you have so we're not only we're not only the mind we're not only the emotions we're not only the body we're not only the soul we also have a relational body which is awakened when we're in relationship and So we can do like decades and decades of healing and therapy all on our own. And then we enter a relationship and we're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even recognize myself. Why am I acting like this? Why am I behaving like this? Why am I so triggered? Why am I falling into these old patterns? And it feels like I'm becoming my mother or my father or whatever. It's because when you're only doing the work on your own, You're not confronted with the reality of your relational body and all that that's carrying. And that's a whole other topic. (laughs) But I want to come back to that question that I started with of, um, to you, what does it look like to truly and fully belong to yourself? And as I'm saying that, what's coming up for me is choosing yourself. A lot of us are really terrified of the bigness of who we truly are inside. We're afraid of the bigness of like our inner fire and our desires and how like audacious and outrageous they are or even unrealistic. We're afraid of the bigness and the depth of our emotions and our ability to love, both give love and receive love. And pretty much every topic or conversation I ever share, like so much of it comes back to inner child work 
and all of your conditioning and imprinting and wounding and everything that you went through in childhood. There is, oh my God, I, I love this topic so much. I could talk about it forever, um, inner child work, but there's so much there. Holy shit. And I say this a lot, but even though my niche and my specialty of my private practice with coaching, even though it's focused on sexuality and pleasure and orgasm and intimacy, the vast, vast, vast majority of my private sessions with clients come back down to inner child work because beneath your emotions and your triggers and your patterns and habits when we peel back all of the layers nine times out of ten or maybe even ten times out of ten like at the core is this little inner child who thinks that you behaving in that certain undesirable way or you creating this pattern and this cycle over and over and over that consciously you tell yourself you don't want, your inner child thinks that that is how you're going to access a sense of love, safety, or belonging. Even though on the outside or on the surface level, it does not look like that's what's happening. I can almost guarantee you if you keep peeling back the layers and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, that's what's happening. That's what we want more than anything. Love, safety, belonging. We want to be witnessed. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be validated. We literally just want mommy and daddy to hold us and tell us that everything's going to be okay. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. I don't care. That's what you want deep down. I've seen it enough times by now. So... With this, I really want to invite you to direct even more compassion and tenderness and gentleness toward yourself. Literally pour into yourself with tenderness and compassion, the same amount that hopefully you would offer to a small child. Can you be in relationship with yourself with that level of tenderness and patience and compassion. I'm dropping in really quick to let you know that I'm offering a completely free seven-day erotic awakening course called Living Sensuality that you can dive into at any time. Hundreds of people literally have now been through this beautiful seven-day program that guides you through simple yet highly effective 10-minute practices that you can fit into any busy lifestyle and keep coming back to again and again. These powerful explorations will start to ignite your juiciest sensuality, create inner safety in states of pleasure and self-intimacy, become more present and connected to your own body, and bring your innate eroticism and turn on back to life. I found that if you want to live a life of more pleasure and more connection, then that requires intentionally spending more time in pleasure and connection and actually making it a priority. Just like creating space in your life for going to the gym or learning a new language or improving a certain skill set, pleasure 
and sexuality are also skills that we must actively strengthen if we say we want to experience what's truly available to us within these realms. Living sensuality makes this so easy and so accessible with juicy practices that again are only 10 minutes because I wanted to make sure that you receive the best of the best minus the fluff. So go to bloomwithnadine.com forward slash living sensuality to get started for free today and join the movement of erotic liberation and ancestral healing. Now back to the episode. It really is fascinating how much we absorb and pick up on when we're little kids. It's crazy. And I was having this conversation today, but I've sat with this sometimes like, God, like, why? (laughs) Why was the human experience designed to be so fucked up? Like, why has evolution... Like, yes, there's the beauty and the magic and the gifts, but there's also some really fucked up parts of humanity, as I'm sure we're all aware of. Um, And I've been like, damn, like, why has human evolution not caught up with this yet? Like, because so many of us, like, we were born into dynamics or families or structures or societies or cultures where we're just drilled into our heads from day one thinking that life operates a specific way. And like when you're a kid, the grown-ups around you are God and everything that they're saying, you're absorbing it as, oh, this is true. Oh, this is who I am. Oh, this is how I should act. Oh, this is what I should like and not like. This is how I should operate in the world. Like that's so drilled into us that over time we become more and more disconnected from who we truly are, including our essence, our truth, our gifts, our perfect, our our perfect, our purpose, our creativity, our imagination, alignment, so many things. And then hopefully, eventually we become aware of that and we find our way back. But when we're little, like constantly, we are looking up at the grownups and we are watching for what is their reaction right now what do they think about this and then immediately we like adjust ourselves so we're like oh that's how they're reacting so that must be right that must be good that must be truth so now i have to adjust myself to fit into their mold of reality and most likely for many people like when you're a little kid the grown-ups around you they're holding on to a lot of wounding and trauma and conditioning them themselves. So it just continues this cycle over and over. So I think it's so beautiful that we're living in this time where we have so much more access to information and each other and like teachings on healing and reprogramming ourselves and I was thinking about this today. It's fucking wild how quickly things change. I mean, also a lot of things are the same, but just thinking back to like what was considered acceptable and unacceptable in society, even like when I was a kid or even when I was in high school, like until now, like things have just changed so much. And in the young people that I see and that I interact with, like they overall just carry so much more awareness about 
healing and about trauma and about just being a good person and being conscious. It's wild. Um, yeah, what was considered acceptable when I was younger. I think I'm going to leave it at this for now. But yeah, the message that I really wanted to dive into here was that I want to leave you with is feeling into what does it mean to belong to myself? And if you don't know, then when you close your eyes and you take a breath and you settle into your body and you just say those words out loud, what does it physically, somatically in your body feel like? Like if you were to imagine, if I'm fully living this reality where I belong to myself, I trust myself, I choose myself, I trust my intuition, my emotions, my inner experience, my desires, my wants, my needs, my likes, my dislikes, like really imagine this. Like if you were the version of yourself who did not diminish the truth of your desires and who you really are and your expression and what you want to say and express in this world, what would that look like? What would you see around you in your reality that would let you know you are living that truth? What would you hear? What would you taste? What would you smell? What would you touch? What would you feel? And at the essence of it, like what emotions would you be experiencing? If you were to fully trust and choose yourself, what emotions would that allow you to tap into? What energy would you embody and exude out into the world without you even needing to do anything because you are the embodiment of it? Would it be joy? Would it be peace? Would it be groundedness? Would it be excitement or inspiration, creativity, fulfillment? What would it be? And I've found that We don't want what we think we want. We want how we think that thing is going to make us feel. What you really want are the associated emotions. You want to feel those sensations in your body. And I believe and have experienced that all of these different emotional states, all of these different energies and frequencies They are not separate from us. They're not outside of us. They are the soup that we're swimming in. They are radio signals that are ever present eternally within us and outside of us. So let's say, let's say that you have this desire to meet your life partner and start a family. And then you do that exploration of peeling back the layers and you're like, okay, at the core of that desire, what I really want is to feel loved. I want to feel chosen. I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure. So start to tap into those emotions and realize that like your attention is everything. Your attention is your greatest wealth and your greatest currency and your greatest investment. So where are you placing your attention moment to moment to moment? And realize that you can literally place your attention on the radio signal, the frequency, the cosmic soup of love. Okay, let's say that's what you want. Place your attention on the feeling of love. And this might be triggering for some people, but just going to say it like so many of us for so long have had our attention dialed into the radio signal of 
fear and anxiousness or depression or discomfort or all of these undesirable things. And we can literally retune that radio signal to a different frequency that is already here at all times, eternally. What really helps with this is stillness and spaciousness. So get still, meditate, and practice tuning your inner radio signal to different frequencies. What radio signal are you dialed into? And is that the one that you like? Is that the one that's energizing you? Is that the one that you would consciously choose if you had the choice, which you do? Choose the frequency you want. Actually, I want to add another thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast episode today and something that they were talking about just I've never heard someone say exactly like this and it hit it hit all the right places so I want to share it with you um they were saying that like one of them it was a girlfriend and a boyfriend two partners and one was saying how they went to this party together and she felt really uncomfortable and like she had this desire within her to start dancing even though no one was dancing but she really wanted to like start moving to the music and like get things going and that just felt authentic to her but she felt so uncomfortable and then her partner said just choose to not be uncomfortable (laughs) and that sounds so simple and so obvious but a lot of us like never acknowledge that we have that choice because we see ourselves and we see reality in like a very rigid, limited way. But what if you could literally say, I am choosing to not be uncomfortable right now, not like bypassing my discomfort or making it wrong, but realizing that I get to, if I want to relate to life and reality and social situations as a game and as a playground or a laboratory and for fun, literally for play, I get to like try on different characters and avatars and energies and emotions and identities. We get to do that. So I really loved just the simplicity of that statement. It really stayed with me. So let me know if it resonated with you. But the next time you're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable or you feel maybe intimidated or I don't know, you feel something like just practice playing with, oh, what would the version of me do or what would they feel? How would they hold themselves if they just chose to not be uncomfortable? Let me know how that goes. Let me know how this hits you. Um, And to wrap things up, a reminder that I'm hosting a one-day immersive retreat in New York City. I'm so, 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 so excited for this. It's going to be an intimate gathering fully designed and curated for you to awaken your erotic aliveness, your sensual power, your deepest self-love. And it's so incredibly powerful to do this work in community, in person, in sisterhood. We're going to be doing pussy breathing, authentic relating, sex magic, sensual embodiment, different emotional alchemy practices. I'm going to be sharing some really juicy, potent teachings on orgasm, intimacy, sexuality, turn on, arousal, relating, and it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. 
So if you want to join us, again, it's in New York City, and you can either send me a DM or go directly to the link in my bio to get yourself signed up. <laughs> English. I've been talking so much today, so my mouth isn't really working. But yeah, I'm so excited to see who else signs up. I hope to see you there and meet you and hug you and just have the best time ever. I'm designing this to be just a total radical celebration of yourself and your expression and your desires and your sexuality. And this work is so, so important. It's so powerful to come together and do this in community as humans are designed to. We're not meant to do this work alone. So I'd be honored to have you join us. Sending so much love and I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Sensuous, the home for real, raw conversations about sex, love, relationships, power, somatic healing, spirituality, and fully owning our human experiences. The absolute best way to stay connected and receive the most powerful teachings and offerings is by heading to bloomwithnadine.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for my email list. It's also incredibly supportive if you take a minute to tap the follow button and leave a rating and written review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This really helps more beautiful souls like yourself discover this content. If you resonated with the episode, definitely make sure to share it on your social media and tag me at Bloom with Nadine. Send it along to your friends, lovers, and family, and keep listening to more episodes. Let's spread the word about these taboo yet essential discussions. I love and appreciate you so very deeply, and I'm celebrating you for making it to the very end of a podcast episode. Congratulations. I hope you do something to honor your inner sensuous creature today. Thank you for being here.